Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our Learning at Home podcast. I am your host, Gilbert Cadiz. Joining us today is Steve Maggot, who is an education consultant with Tudor Doctor and has been since 2009 in the state of Virginia. Steve has a personal passion for youth activities and educational programs, including sports and scouting. He's an expert coach, especially in SAT and ACT preparation. Steve continues to make a difference in the lives of children within his community by coaching youth soccer and basketball teams. What we're talking about in this episode today is about a chapter that he had written in our Academic Success Formula book, and it's about seven things colleges are looking for today. So if you're really looking into standing out in your college applications in the USA, especially, this episode is for you. Check it out. This is Steve Maggot on the Learning at Home podcast. All right, Steve, thank you so much for joining us. And as we said in the intro, um, you're very involved in your community out there in Virginia, especially with youth and their programs. And you wrote a chapter about college admissions and about what colleges are looking for today. So what drove you to write a chapter around this topic and why are you passionate about it? Well, basically, thanks. First of all, Gilbert, thanks for thanks for having me. Um, well, I've got uh, two boys, um, and at the time that I was writing this um, chapter, uh, one of them was already in college. He was uh, in his uh, second year at a larger university here in Virginia, and my younger son was in the process of uh, of doing applications. For schools, so I was really, really immersed in this as a parent, as well as uh, as tutor doctor. I had a lot of a lot of my students, a lot of my families were looking to get into college, um, going through the test prep process. So really, my thing was that let me let me learn as much about the process as possible, and let me be able to help my own family as well as the families who I work with. So it's looking at things from uh, from a parent point of view, uh, which really um, kind kind of uh, stirred my passions. Awesome! It sounds like a great parent to me so far, Steve. <laughs> so before jumping into the so before jumping into the seven things that colleges are looking for today, I'd like to touch on a few other points that you made within the chapter. So one of them was uh, you read an interesting piece in the chapter about seeing the college admission process from the admission counselor's perspective. Can you tell us a bit about this and how it can help students exactly? Oh, yeah, basically... Um... It's not just a matter of sending in an application and then the miracle happens and you either get accepted or you get uh, or you get rejected. There's actually live people who are looking at these applications and there's a lot of things that are just check the boxes. Uh, did you graduate high school? What's your GPA? Do you have your test scores? Do you have um, you participate in extracurriculars, but it actually are people who are sitting around a table figuring out, okay, how many spots are there? How many people actually accept our um, um, uh, our invitation to apply? And what kind of students are we really looking for? What is our college? What is our school all about? So it's really important, um, you know, if I'm representing my university, I'm thinking about, all right, what kind of student do I want? Do I want someone who just goes to class, uh, goes to class, 
goes to the dining halls and goes home on weekends? Or do I want somebody or do we want somebody who is going to go to class, participate in a lot of our extracurriculars, join a fraternity, stay around during the weekend, go to the football games and all those things. So they're looking for little clues in the applications that really say, hey, this is who my student this is who our idea of a great student is. Schools don't operate in a vacuum. So you've got an admissions department. You might have 10 people sitting around a table talking about what's important to that school and who we're looking to. Are we looking to be more diverse this year? Should we really give extra looks to other high schools? Um, should we look at um, the classes that, that our students are taking in um, in high school, compare them to the school, compare them to the classes that we're offering at our university. So it really is, uh, it's not operating in a vacuum. You've got a lot of people who are working together to, uh, to make their schools better. So what about um, what the students understand? So how, what, what exactly would the student need to do in this case, especially when applying for college? What are some recommendations here? Maybe we can dive into some of the seven things that you recommend. Sure. Well, the first thing that you really need to do is figuring out what's the best school for you, not necessarily what the best school is. Every student is different and everyone's got different needs and everybody's got different expectations. So kind of the first thing you want to do is figure out, all right, well, one, do I want to go to a four-year school? Do I want to go to a two-year school? That's kind of really the first step. What am I looking for? And you might not know that at age 16 or 17, but you'll have kind of an idea. You'll know where, what direction that you're heading. If you're looking for a four-year school, do you want to stay at home? Do you want to travel someplace? Do you want to live in a dorm? And then you have to figure out, do I want to live a couple hours from home? Do I want to move across the country? Will my parents let me move cross country? Then you want to think about, do you want a big school versus small school or a school in the city or a school in the country? Um, I live in Richmond, Virginia, a uh, fairly big, medium-sized city, uh, about uh, an hour and a half, two hours on a good day away from Washington, D.C. We've got a very large university, Virginia Commonwealth University, that is significantly different just an atmosphere than, say, a James Madison University, which is in Harrisonburg, Virginia, about two hours away. Schools are about the same size. VCU is a little bit bigger, but it's a much different vibe at VCU than it is at, at a JMU. So you really need to, as a student, you have to start deciding, okay, what kind of atmosphere am I going to be most comfortable in? So that's really the first step uh, that you want to do. Think about what it is that you need, and then where do I think uh, I'm going to be comfortable. Awesome. So it's basically finding the things awesome. that they are looking for. So the um, about their goals, about achieving their goals, whether it's a two-year uh, versus a four-year program that they want to get into. So um, now I want to dive right into the seven points. So the chapter itself, it discusses seven main things that colleges are looking to narrow down which students they'll accept. So you mentioned in the, in the chapter specifically that um, they have only uh, so many spots available in their in their school, but they'll only admit a very small percentage of the applicants. So 
Um, we know that some of the obvious points are one of them is test scores. Another one, of course, we're looking at grades, which is relatively important in this case, of course, and uh, extracurricular activities. But I'd like to focus in on two in particular. Uh, first, you advise students to look into taking some of the toughest classes in the school, uh, the current school, rather. But also talk about how this uh, but you also talk about how this doesn't guarantee an advantage over other applicants. What should students, or rather, why should students look at taking these tougher classes and how can they decide which ones to take? Right. Well, the first part is you got to think if you're going to be going to a four-year school, you're going to have a difficult curriculum no matter what you are, no, no matter what you're going to major in. So you want to be challenged. Um, some classes and uh, some schools are more are more difficult than others. Uh, some schools, uh, a 4.0 at school A might be a lot different than a 4.0 in, in school B. Uh, that's just kind of the nature of a lot of the schools. But you want to be challenged. And a lot of times, the more difficult the class or the more challenging the class, the better the teacher is. And the more response, the more feedback that you're going to get, and your study skills are going to start improving. And if your study skills aren't skills aren't improving, you can take take steps to make yourself a better student. Uh, a lot of the students that we work with when we start in high school, I'll ask them like, "How long does it take you to get through your homework?" And they'll say, "Well, uh, yeah, I can usually finish my my work in fifteen or twenty minutes." And they're always surprised when I say, "Well, you know what? The guideline for our school." or for your particular school, for the types of classes that you're taking, is you really should work 10 minutes per night per grade, which uh, equates to if you're in sixth grade, you should be doing an hour's worth of work. And if you're in ninth grade, you should be doing an hour and a half's worth of work. So sometimes that's a little bit of a shock to the, to the system when all of a sudden a student who's been getting by doing pretty well um, with maybe 20 minutes or a half hour's worth of work, and now they've got to do an hour and a half's worth worth of work. In college, it is assumed that you're going to have one and a half, two and a half, three and a half hours worth of work every night. So it's a great idea to at least get into that mindset that you've got a lot of work to do. And it's really tough when you have to go from 20 minutes worth of work to three hours worth of work. So you want to be able to take classes that are challenging, um, there are certain core courses that you absolutely need to take. You want to take college level. Um, and uh, when you get into, say, sophomore year or junior year or senior year, you want to get into the um, into either AP programs or, or you want to try to take the hardest classes that your school allows. Going back to college admission counselors, College admissions counselors, for the most part, they know the schools. They know the schools where they attract students, and they know that College A offers this, that, and the other thing. And if they say that a college, they see that student who's taking this, that, and the other thing, oh, great. They're probably a better student, and they're going to do well at our university. If they see a student who comes from that school and, oh, my God, they're not taking that, uh, that class, that might put them a little bit lower on on the rung, a lower rung on, on the chain, so to speak. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It makes a lot of sense. So to me, what it sounds like is it's about preparing the students for college, really, as much as it is about college uh, admissions. So you uh, oh, absolutely. 
Absolutely. And we, we talked a little bit about ad, the admission counselor's perspective. So they're looking at the students that really do stand out. And it looks like these these tougher courses are kind of like overcoming a barrier that uh, I, I don't want to use the word elite, but I guess they're looking for the best students for them. So in their definition, they're looking for their elite students. So these tougher courses, it looks like can really help them prepare not just for college, but for the application as well. Yeah, and they're look and they're looking for students who will do well. There might be plenty of students who do B work, and yeah, they meet the criteria to make uh, to be admitted. But if they don't have that type of work ethic, they might not do as well in school. One other point that I want to make, and this is interesting, this happened actually with my younger son a few years ago. Uh, we went to a program with some Ivy League schools. Hmm. My son does not uh, not attend an Ivy League school, but he does attend the University of Virginia, which is pretty, pretty high up there. So I'm pretty proud of him. Uh, but we were at a uh, seminar and they had admissions officers from Harvard, Duke, Yale, Stanford, um, and Princeton. And they were giving just a forum of what it takes to get into an Ivy League school. And it was very interesting. And they had a Q&A session. And one of the people got up, one of the people in the audience got up and said, hey, I'm in, uh, I'm in the International Baccalaureate Program. Is that going to help me get into your school? And the gentleman from Harvard, just as bluntly as could be, he just said no. <laughs> and I never heard if you, you, you hear all this rumbling saying, oh, my God, you know, they told me that if I, would, if I would be in this particular program, it would help me get into an Ivy League school. And the answer is, well, yes and no. Um, Think about, you know, if you've got a college that's got 5,000 seats in it and you've got students from all over the country or all over the world that want to go there, then they might get 30,000 applications. And just because you're in an IB program, there might be of those 30,000, 15,000 people might also be in that exact same program and did and did the exact um did just as well. Well, if you only have 5,000 spots and 15,000 applications, that's going to leave 10,000 people kind of upset. So you can kind of see um, where it's not just the program that you take and how well you do. You really do need to be a well-rounded student. That's true. And as far as taking these tougher tests, it absolutely shows some character of the student. I think by taking on a greater challenge, it really does help them show uh, stand out. So that's really interesting. Okay, so for the next point here, I just wanted to touch on another uh, topic that you talk about of one of the seven things that colleges are looking for. So we've talked about taking these tougher classes, and I'd like to talk about the personal statement. This can really help a student's college application stand out in this case, but I'm sure it's a daunting task for students as well. What is your advice for crafting kind of a unique personal statement? Yeah, that really is that's that's when you start splitting hairs, uh, that is a big determination, especially at uh, the more elite universities, the big and between you've got the common app, you've got the coalition app, and then you've got schools that have their own questions that that they ask. And they could be very specific to the university. They could be trick questions. They could be, hey, I just want to see how you can think. I just want to see how you follow instructions. Uh, but the first thing when you're crafting that app, one, your grammar has to be perfect. So you need to either use the uh, technolo technological tools 
uh, to make sure that your grammar is correct, but you also want to be able to use the resources that are available to you. And that's your English teacher, that's your guidance counselor, that's your parent, that's your tutor. There are plenty of people around to help you write these essays. You never want to operate in, uh, in a vacuum. That's probably the most important thing. And that's what a lot of students forget. They figure, oh, I've got to write this essay and I've got to do it on my own. But if you've never written anything like this before, use those resources. I can't tell you, you know, how many students, you know, just in the past year, they've got to write this essay and they're not really sure what they're supposed to write. And the choices that they give you on the application are pretty cut and dry. So you can write something and, you know, there's no really wrong answer on, on what to write. Um, but you've got to at least come in with some sort of accurate stream of consciousness. So what I encourage my students to do, if they mm. really can't think of anything to write, show the prompts to a parent. Believe it or not, mom and dad probably know something. Uh, and they want to help you. Hey, they want you to go to college. They want, they want you to move away. They want you to do all those, those fun things, but, uh, they are great resources. They can tell you, or they can remind you, Oh, remember the time that you got that cat out of the tree or remember the time that, um, that mom and dad were really busy and you had to pick up three, um, strangers and you had to bring them to a senior center, just, just as, as, as an example. And that starts the process going. So just being able to have someone to shoot some ideas off of is a great way to start an essay. And the way that you write an essay is you just start putting out some random thoughts. And before you know it, you'll have enough information that you can write something that's personal, uh, but that also answers the question that the school is looking for. That's awesome. And this also goes to show just how important these other factors are. It's not just about grades, because I couldn't I can imagine that some students would be tempted to say, you know, I'm a straight A student. I always get my work done on time, that kind of thing. Uh, would you recommend that um, talking about their grades and their achievements in academia so far in their in their life? Is that something that they can kind of touch on in the essay? What, do you, what would you recommend in that case? Um, not necessarily bragging about uh, that you got an A in physics, but what would be a great thing is if you had to do a project for a certain class and you had no idea what you're supposed to do uh, and talk about the steps that you went through and that you learned something that was much different than you did when you were going in. So you might have been doing an environmental science project and you said, oh, great, I, you know, I just need to do this and uh, we'll say we'll, 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 we'll help clean a park or we'll help make bird habitats better. But then as you start writing, you realize, oh, you know what? The lesson that I learned wasn't about saving habitats. It was that, hey, I can learn to manage a project and I was able to get five of my friends to help me. And of those five friends, three of them decided to do something that was similar to what I was doing. So if you have that kind of a transformational essay that you can write about, that is fantastic. If you can, if you can show a lesson learned, uh, that is absolutely, you know, one of the best essays that you can write. You want to stay away from the cliches 
and there are plenty of cliches out there. Don't tell me, uh, don't tell your school how how um, playing the cello was the greatest thing that I ever did. Uh, and I can tell you, uh, meeting with a uh, an admissions rep uh, from one of our local universities, um, and I just asked, hey, you know, what do you look for in in essays, or what don't you look for for essays? And the first thing that she says, yeah, don't tell me about how playing the cello is the greatest thing ever. And I will tell you that I had a student where it was one of the first students who I worked with several years ago, and what was his essay about? Playing the cello. So I had a little bit of a giggle, little little bit of a giggle on that. Uh, he ended up getting into the school that he wanted to, uh, which was. Um, kind of a second choice, uh, but he didn't get into his first choice. And I think my, part of that might have been from uh, from that essay. That's awesome. And I love the point of the lessons learned piece. I think that's, that's gold advice, especially because this is a great opportunity to really stand out because of course, these, these schools are not going to be admitting every single student. That's just not possible given their capacity. So this is some great advice. I right. really like this a lot. Um, now, so we've talked about why students should take tougher classes. We've talked about crafting that personal statement. Just for our listeners, if possible, if we could quickly go over the other five points. I think we're going a bit out of order in the chapter, but can you touch about the other five points in the chapter themselves and uh, just briefly why they're important? Sure. Well, um, basically to get into into school, it's not just grades and it's not just test scores. There are really seven things that uh, students need or really that colleges are looking for to get into into their universities. Number one, of course, is grades and you want an upward trend, which means basically you want to do as well as you can in every class that you take. But colleges know that, hey, maybe ninth grade was a little bit of an adjustment and you didn't do as well as you would suppose as uh, as you could. Um, So, you know, if you didn't do as well in ninth grade as you would have liked, that's fine. If they can see that there is an upward trend that all of a sudden, oh, in your second year, you did really, really well. And then in your junior year, wow, you aced everything. You started taking AP exams and you were doing well. Uh, that's really the first thing that um, that the colleges are looking for. All right. What they're also looking for is um, participation in extracurricular activities in the school. And that doesn't mean that you need to participate in every single club. There are some people that think that, oh my God, I need to be in 10 different clubs. And that's the only way that, uh, that a college is going to, uh, going to accept me. That's not, uh, definitely not, uh, not the case. You want to join clubs that when you're interested in, maybe they're sports club, maybe they're academic clubs, but you want to show that, uh, that you're well-rounded and that you've got school spirit. Um, when we're talking again about uh, grades and upward trend, just to take a step back, we're looking for class rigor, and that's what we were talking about uh, a little bit before. You want to be able to take the toughest classes that the schools um, that the schools offer, and that includes whether it's the IB program or you're going to take AP um, AP classes. Very very important to show that hey, you're willing to go out on a limb, you're willing to improve yourself, and that you're not afraid to challenge yourself academically. Um, going to extracurriculars again. You want both in school and out 
and out of school. My kids, um, they, they were swimmers. Uh, they did that for several years, and they were both in Boy Scouts, and they both achieved the rank of Eagle, which is uh, actually a pretty strong um, strong achievement. They were in Boy Scouts since they were in first grade. They finished when they were seniors. They had made that achievement, uh, but that is the great type of program that actually encourages a lot of community work. But there is so much community work, and that goes into kind of our other um, um, other topic, is a strong record of community service. Our schools here in, uh, in Henrico County, Virginia, really encourage you to do community service. You get an extra endorsement on your diploma if you hit a certain amount. But there are so many things going on in your, com in your community that you can help with right now. Uh, I work with a lot of athletes, and I keep telling you, like, you got you got to be able to do something that's kind of outside of your sport. Uh, and even kids that uh, that don't participate in a lot of sports. Every Saturday, there is a race. There is some kind of 5K or 10K going on in the community. They always need race marshals. Uh, and that's people just to really to stand around and help out, to hand out water bottles, do those kind of things. Uh, and they're usually all for nonprofits. Uh, you get the hard walk, you get Alzheimer's walk, you get for all these different organizations. And they need helpers. Uh, there are constant food drives going on, and uh, you know to spend two hours um, working at a working at a food bank, stacking up really isn't that difficult. Uh, a lot of times you can work one of these events, and if you're lucky, uh, they'll give you a T-shirt and and they'll feed you. So uh, you know, doing community service is going to help you. One, you're going to do something good. Uh, for the community, and you might enjoy yourself. So that's really important. After that, you want to talk about recommendations for teachers and community leaders. So you always want to, you know, think about the <laughs> teachers who know you and like you and start buttering them up. Just start telling them, hey, you know, uh, I'm going to ask for a recommendation. And they're going to, you know, if you tell them, hey, I'm going to ask for a recommendation, they're, first of all, they're going to be really honored that, that, that you mean enough to them to ask for that recommendation. It also shows that you can go up to an adult and actually have a conversation with them. So the schools really are looking for that. You're not looking for, again, you're not looking for 10 or 11 uh, recommendations, but if you get two or three people who really know you and like you and can write something meaningful about you, that's going to weigh very heavy in the eyes of the uh, of admissions committee. All right. So, you know, real important. You want to talk to those teachers. You want to talk to those community leaders. And, and those recommendations, you really don't want them to be generic. You want them to be able to say, yeah, Johnny helped me with uh, my food drive last year and he was great. He went to 30 houses and he drove some of our seniors uh, to a center. You know, you're not going to have that for every single recommendation, but they want to get an idea about what your character is. After that, uh, kind of the next to last thing I talked to are test scores. And this is uh, kind of this, this big uh, kind of misconception that if I don't get a certain test score, I'm not going to get into my college. Um, not necessarily true, but test scores are important because whether you live in Virginia or Florida or California or New York, um, the SAT or the ACT, it's the same exam. 
So if you're in a more competitive school and all things are being equal, they're going to take a look. Okay, Johnny got a 1400 and Mary got a 1380. And that's one of those criteria that you're going to have to use. And that's what that test score is. Um, test scores also um, will help market you towards schools that you've never heard of before. Uh, the College Board uh, is a service that, that um, administers the SAT. Uh, but they also work with colleges to help them recruit uh, recruit schools. So again, the higher the grade, or if you get a grade in a certain a certain range, they're going to start marketing your um, your scores to those schools. All right. So that's the importance of test scores. Test scores, and finally, that personal statement that we just uh, that we just referred to. Uh, you want to make sure that it answers a question. You want to make sure that uh, you, you use the right amount of words. Uh, all the, the majority of applications these days are electronic, and they need to fit within a box. So if you've got a 500-word essay and your word and your essay is 530 words, and you don't check it, uh, your essay is going to be cut off, and the person who's doing the reading is going to say, "Up, oh, this person doesn't know how to follow instructions," and you might go down to the bottom of the pile. Bottom of the pile. So that's the basic seven that colleges are looking for today. Um, again, I'll just go over it real quickly. It's grades in the upward trend. It's the rigor of classes. It's quality involvement of extracurricular. Oh, one thing that I didn't mention for the extracurricular activities, uh, if you join a club, become an officer, all right? Uh, don't just become a member. Actually get involved in it. And then to become an officer, do everything, you know, be, be the president of that organization. Uh, I'm going to tell you, don't be the vice president because the vice president does all the work, but be the president or be <laughs> the treasurer. Uh, you want to do these activities and you want to do activities inside and outside of school. You want to get a strong record of community service. So get out there and work with nonprofits, work with your church. Uh, then you want to work on those recommendations from teachers and from community leaders. Then it's test scores and then your personal statement. Excellent. So Given all of the information that you've shown here or explained here, rather, is true, that it's just it's a lot more than just grades. That's a number of things to consider for college admissions. It really is about standing out. And thank you. It basically does confirm what you uh, talk about in the chapters. So to wrap this point, what about community work? So it, to me, it sounds like it, it's a matter, the, the way it helps students stand out is it gives them a sense of, it gives the college admissions board rather a sense that this student is taking initiative, is going above and beyond uh, just grades. Is, is that kind of um, the perception you think, or is there more to it than there's just that? Oh, absolutely. It's, um, you know, colleges, uh, the, most colleges are in small towns. And the town is based around the university or, or, or vice versa. Colleges want people who are going to make the towns more lively, more vibrant, um, and just attract more and more people. Uh, I can tell you um, my, my older son, Scott, is a graduate of James Madison University in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Most of the people listening here don't know what Harrisonburg, Virginia is, but it's a small town in the Shenandoah Valley. Um, when school's in session, it is just jammed. There's plenty of stuff going on on the weekends. There are sports leagues. There's, um, there's always uh, 10K runs. There are always events going on throughout the town. 
that school, James Madison, is very, very, very aware that is it is the students who make the school and who make the community. So they want to have students who have a history of participating in things around their hometowns so they can make Harrisonburg a town of their own. Um, so they want, you know, the, the school itself is all about the students, whether this as opposed to the students being about the school. So getting students who really have that sense of community and how important the community is, 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 ext is extremely important and it's really beneficial to the school and it's what's made the school uh, kind of a top regional university, not only in our state, but in the mid-Atlantic. Mid and, and it shows, you go on campus and just see a very vibrant place uh, with smiling kids, um, students, uh, come from a cross-section. Um, again, it's a regional university. Um, you get students on Eastern Seaboard, most of them from Virginia, Virginia, Maryland, Pennsylvania, New York. Uh, but it is just such a lively place when school is in session. And that's really important. And that's kind of the whole vision of the university. Well, there you have it. It's not just about the classroom. It's about the college experience in total. No, it's not about the classroom and it's not about the SAT or the ACT. My ACT and SAT students who might come in, they're all nervous about having to take this test. And my my advice to them before we even start, I just tell them it, it, it's just a test. You've taken tests before. It's just one test. It's just one of the parts of what it takes to get into the right school. And again, there's no there's no best school. There's a school that's right for you, and that school is going to be based on, you know, what your vision of high school was. Awesome. And Steve, is there any final advice you would like to give students as they embark on their application journey here for college? Well, the, the biggest pieces that be, best pieces of advice that I can do, um, number one, do your research. Uh, don't go to a particular school if someone says, oh, you have to go to this school. You want to do your research. Do you want Do you want a big school? Do you want a small school? Do you want the Saturday morning football experience or is that not really important to you? Uh, that's number one. Number two is keep your grades up. Do what you can to just keep those grades going, put the work in, and you'll be fine. Number three, and this probably trumps everything else above all, just please enjoy high school. Enjoy enjoy the experience. You're going to have your ups. You're going to have your downs. But just enjoy all the things that are going on right now, and that will carry over into college, and then it will carry over into adulthood. Steve, thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. We really appreciate all the information you've given. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate, uh, appreciate the invitation. It's great talking to folks about something that you're passionate about. So, everybody... We know now that college admissions can be a very difficult, very daunting thing to go through. But these seven things that Steve talks about come together to show a well-rounded student. So admissions, yes, they can be very tough. But to stand out, it's more than just grades. Like we talked about, if you can show an upward trend in your grade and show an application that stands out and isn't cliche and connects with the college admissions boards, you'll be gold. 
So thank you for joining us on today's podcast. You can find our podcast here, Learning at Home, uh, on any of the platforms that you've listened, Stitcher, iTunes, anywhere you listen. Feel free to subscribe and write reviews for us. Let us know what you think of our podcast. You can also find our book, Academic Success Formula, in paperback and ebook version on Amazon. So check that out. Hopefully you will like that as well. Thank you so much for joining us. See you in the next episode. Thank you.